We're continuing this message series, in fact, wrapping it up today, where we're talking about how God calls us to leave a lasting legacy, something that is more than just just our life here on earth, but something that will outlive us. And today, we've saved the best for last, really, because today we're talking about how to leave an exponential legacy, like a legacy that is more than just like you passing on some wisdom to others. That's good. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But what if, what if God wanted to pass on more? What if God wanted to do more? What if the Holy Spirit was wanted to move in and through you that it was not just like addition, it was, it was some multiplication, right? We're going to talk about that a little more um, as we go on. And i got to share first with you a story from the Bible that kind of gives us some background on this. It's why I believe that God wants to do this work in our lives today because he's done it in the past and he's still doing it today. This story comes, uh, it's a story of the only story of like one prophet following another, like prophetic succession, if you will. And, and it's the only story of that in the Bible. And there was a guy named Elijah. You've probably heard of him. He was this incredibly powerful prophet. And remember, prophets were ones that they, they heard God's word, and then they communicated it to those around them. They told others what God was saying. So prophets, they would speak to kings, powerful people. Sometimes they'd call them out and say, you're wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. This is what God wants you to do. They'd speak to regular, normal people like you and me. They would, uh, they, they would pray, and, and God would do mighty works sometimes. In fact, Elijah, one time he was called to prophesy to this evil king of Israel who was, he, he wanted to like worship the one true God, but also other false gods. He wanted to worship Baal, who was like the rain god. He's like, you know, we'll, we'll worship the true God, but we'll also worship the rain god because we really like rain and we want to be sure that we got rain, right? We're kind of like, you know, like belt and suspenders thing. We'll be backed up here. Not, doesn't work that way though, because he was worshiping an idol, a false god. And so, Elijah calls him out on it, and he says, you know what? You want to worship the rain god? I'll show you about this. I'm going to pray that it doesn't rain, just so you can see that our God is real. And for three years, it doesn't rain. That's pretty incredible, right? And, and during this time, how's Elijah fed? Well, birds bring him food, right? That's not normal. So this guy's got an incredibly powerful ministry, much, this, this amazing ministry. It was hard sometimes, too. He'd be on the run from people who wanted to hurt him. They didn't like the messages that he would give. And Elijah got to a very difficult, in fact, really about the end of his ministry, and he was discouraged. And he said to God, God, <laughs> I've done it. I, I've done what I can here. I've, I've been serving you faithfully. I'm tired. Would you just take me home? I'm done. But God wasn't done with Elijah yet. God wanted to do an exponential work through Elijah, because the ministry that he had been doing was going to be carried on through his successor, and his successor would be someone who God would choose, and it would be somebody who'd be an outlier, really, because there was this, Elijah had this group that was called School of Prophets, and there was a whole bunch of prophets. They were kind of like, maybe a little like interns or students or something like this, learning from him. So naturally, you'd think that his successor would be one or more of the people in this School of Prophets. But that's not what God wanted. God chose someone else. And interestingly, uh, Elijah was followed by a guy named Elisha, 
which makes you think they're like cousins or brothers or something, but they're not. It could have well just been like Elijah and Steve, okay? There's no, like, connection with the names here. So I know it's confusing in this story because I'm talking about both, but give you a little tip here. Elijah with the J comes first, and Elisha with an S comes second. J comes before S. That's how you keep them straight. It got me through seminary. Maybe it'll help me. You too. I don't know. But, but Elijah is about to, to, uh, to pass on his legacy, if you will. And God tells him, he says, you're going to go and you're going to find this guy, Elisha, and he's plowing a field. That's what he does, right? So Elijah goes to this, this big farm, right, where there's 12 guys out plowing, and they're each plowing with like a team of oxen, two oxen in front of them, right? And this is their job. This is what Elijah did day in and day out, like many, many, many Israelites there. And, and maybe some of you are like expert at farming with live animals, I'm not. I doubt many of us are. And so in case you are, you know, uninformed about this, I wanted to kind of help you understand a little bit. If, if you plow with oxen, the view never changes, you know? <laughs> That's pretty much it right there. All day, every day. Occasionally the smell changes, but it's not for the better, let me tell you. Because when you're following oxen, it's just not the most pleasant thing in the world, right? And this is what Elisha saw day after day after day. This was his job. And maybe you're like, I totally get Elisha. This is my life right here. I do the same things over and over, right? Maybe, maybe you're a parent of young kids, right? And it's diapers, laundry, diapers, diapers, laundry, diapers, diapers, laundry, diapers. Not much sleep, but a lot of diapers, a lot of laundry, right? You know, it's maybe that's you. Maybe that's you. Or maybe for you, you're in sales. And you're always, you know, work, work, work to hit that commission, right? You know, and to, to, uh, to meet the quota that's set. And if you do really well and that you meet the quota, the next quarter, they'll just raise the quota a little bit more, right? And you're like, every day it's oxen rears, right? It's the same thing over and over and over. And it gets tiring. I get fed up with all this. Or maybe you've work with some different difficult people or have difficult people in your life and you're like yeah I know oxen rears I'm surrounded by them don't go call them that by the way that not not the point of the sermon but but you know what this monotony is like Elisha was faithful in the midst of that it's what God called him to there's nothing wrong with it it's what he was called to and you know the Bible tells us that when we're faithful in little that that God will entrust us with more right and so so Elisha was, was, called, was called to do something more, and, and he was ready. And, you know, sometimes we, we think that, like, oh, everybody else gets the breaks, right? They get lucky. Like, I, I, I don't, right? But I love what Seneca, a Roman philosopher, he said. He said this, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. It's not just that it just, something just falls out of the sky. It's when preparation and opportunity what are you doing right now that might be preparing you? Maybe you're reading the Bible reading plan every day. Or maybe you're spending time with your life group. Or we've been talking about this. Like how do we grow in our faith? Maybe you're doing some of these things. And you're not seeing like massive fruit quite yet. Well, don't give up. Don't give up. God is going to bless you. God's going to continue to bless you more and more and more through this. Your faithfulness, God sees. God knows. And God's going to move through this. So this is, this is Elisha. This is where he's at right now. Elijah, he, he goes down to the field, 
and he does something kind of funny. He, he watches as like these, these 12 farmers are going by, and Elijah is at the end of the line, right? And so he watches each one go by, right? And, and uh, so it's almost kind of like, duck, 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 prophet, right? You know, when he sees Elisha, he takes off his mantle and he throws it on Elisha. He's like, what's going on here, right? And it was symbolic of the fact this is God's call, right? It wasn't because Elisha looked cold or something that day, right? He's telling him that like this mantle that God's put upon me, this responsibility, this authority, this power, all this, this is going to be you, okay? You're on deck. You got next, buddy, okay? This is, this is you. This is what God's calling you to do pretty amazing, amazing thing. What would you do? Well, here's what Elisha did. Verse 20. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said. Then I'll come with you. Next verse is a little confusing. Elijah says, go back. What have I done to you? Now, the New Living translates it, I think, a little better. It says, go back, but think about what I've done to you. I think what what the verse is saying is, Give it some thought. This is serious stuff. Maybe he knew, maybe Elijah knew that if Elisha went and talked to mom and dad, maybe they'd discourage him. Like, you want to be a prophet? Like, you're a good farmer, you know? And yeah, kind of monotonous, but it pays well. You know, it feeds everybody. Like, it's not a bad job. This is what we do in this family, you know? We don't, prophets, they, they get killed for talking sometimes. You sure you want to do that? Are you sure that God's actually calling you to that? Well, I don't know if they tried to dissuade Elijah, but if they did, they were totally unsuccessful. Verse 21. So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Wow. Talk about being all in, you know? Like, if this were my kids, right, and they're like, you know, I think God's calling me to do this. They're like, great, let's also keep the cow in the plow, right, just in case you're wrong or you change your mind, right? Like, they're good to have around. And Elisha's like, nope, I'm, I'm slaughtering the cow. I'm burning the plow. I'm done. This is God's call. I know it. I know it more than anything else than I know, and I'm in. If God calls me, the answer is yes. Here I am. It's a radical step. And it's not like Elisha just got a whim one day, right? You know, like, oh, well, maybe I should do this. No, I mean, this is the most powerful prophet in Israel, right? This is the guy who heard from God, and he's saying, this is what God's saying. And so, so Elisha, he hears this. I'm sure he, he felt in his spirit that, like, yes, this is what God's calling me to. This is what God's going to do through me. And so he's in. I'm there. If this is what God wants, I'll do it. I'm not coming back, right? I'm going to feed the whole neighborhood with steak. So we all remember the day that Elisha said, I'm out because God has called me to be a prophet. It's not going to be one of the company of prophets. It's not going to be somebody else. It's me. This is why God put me here. There's times in Scripture where God does this kind of thing. Like we talked about it last week in here uh, about Abraham being called to take his son Isaac, even to the point of being ready to sacrifice him. And it's an incredible story of a, a man who believed that God was going to provide some alternative. Of uh, A couple weeks ago, we talked of Hannah, who brought her son Samuel, who she prayed for, for years and years. And finally, she had this baby, and she gives him to the Lord. 
gives him to the Lord, and he'll become this incredible prophet. We're talking about like Peter, James, and John at the Sea of Galilee when this teacher who's more than a teacher comes up and says, leave this stuff behind. You used to, you used to go for fish. Now you're going to be fishers of humans. That's what you're going to do. It's courageous. It's bold. It's risky. But it's obedience. And so Elijah, he, he leaves his hometown and he, or sorry, Elisha leaves his hometown, begins to follow Elijah, and is, he's kind of like learning from him, like an internship maybe or something like that. He's learning the ropes a little bit. Maybe it's a little bit of like prophetic overlap, right? Maybe a little like what Pastor Mark and I got to do here, right? Where I got to serve with him for a bit and to learn from him and watch him, all this kind of stuff. So they're doing that, but there's something more. There's something more than that. It's not just addition, like Elisha plus Elijah here, right? We'll put these skills together. No, no, no. God wants to do something even more, something exponential. Now, what do we mean exponential? Let me take you back real quick here to sixth grade math. I'm sure you'll love this, right? We all love that stuff. So ex uh, an exponent, remember, means not that you take 2 plus 2 plus 2 plus 2 plus 2 is 10, right? No, 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 no. It's not, not that way. It's 2 times 2 times 2 times 2, right? So exponentially, this is, the answer is 32, right? Not 10, okay? It's not, or it's not 2 plus 5, right? This is multiplication. This is God can do something more than just what we can do added all together. We believe this about the church, that God is, at a church, God does more than just like add together the sum of each of us individually. No, God multiplies. God does so much more than what we could ever ask or imagine. So, so I do addition, but God does multiplication. Okay? Multiplication, it's God's work. It's exponential. It's miraculous. It's powerful beyond that which we could ever ask or imagine. And that's what God wants to do here. My friends, I want for you to have an exponential legacy. For it to be more than just you passing on the things you know. That's a great start. But there's more to it. I think that God wants to do more. I want you to receive more than an exponential, or sorry, than just an addition legacy from others. I want you to receive an exponential legacy. I want you, I want in your life, in my life, I want a multiplier, and that multiplier is the power of the Holy Spirit. So how does this work? Well, let's fast forward to the end of Elisha's internship here, verse 1 of chapter 2. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their, way on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked him, do you know what the Lord, that the Lord is going to take your master today? And Elisha says, yes, I know. Shut it. Like, come on, man. Like, it's really annoying to have prophets for friends, right? Because they always know what's going to happen, right? You know, uh, they're like, hey, you won't believe what I got you for Christmas. And they're like, well, actually, I will. It's a pet rock. It's a terrible pet. You don't need to be, or a terrible gift. You don't need to be a prophet to know that, right? You could do better. You still got time because I already know, right? This is how prophets are. They know what's going to happen. So 
three times this silly little saga happens where Elijah tries to ditch Elisha, and Elisha's like, nope, I'm going with you. And the prophets come out, and they're like, hey, we're going to take I know, I get it, right? I've been told two other times, three other times. It is what it is, right? And here we jump to the third time. Fifty men from the company of prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and the left, and the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do before I, have ta- before I am taken from you? And here it is. Elisha says, Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Wow. That's a, <laughs> that's a multiplier. Elijah knows that and says this, You've asked a difficult thing, Yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. Now, this is interesting. Elijah knows that this request is so big. This is not something that Elijah can just do. He doesn't even actually know if it's going to happen. He's kind of blown away by this. And he says, okay, we'll see. If you see me go up, if you see me go, if you're there, right, you'll know that you're getting it. And if not, you won't. A couple things I want you to see here. First, and God, Elijah doesn't promise that he'll get this request. Why? Because Elijah's not the one who can make it happen. An exponential legacy is a gift from God. Why? Because God wants to do it. Plain and simple. God is all-powerful. I am not all-powerful. You, also not all-powerful. And an exponential legacy is a gift from God because God wants to do it. This is Elisha's prayer. God, give me double. I'm not just satisfied to be Elijah plus a couple things I learned in farming. No, I want double. I want double the power. I want double the miracles. I want double the difficult words, which also means he wanted double the difficulty, double the pain, because being a prophet was oftentimes a difficult thing. This is not like some like, prosperity kind of thing where he's like, I just want like the nicer trim package than Elijah got so everybody think I'm cooler. No, this is going to be difficult. Being a prophet was a burden. It was a responsibility. And Elisha knew he was called to it. It's like, you know what? If I'm called to it, I want double. I want exponentially more, God. I, I, I don't want to be satisfied with just what you've been doing here. God, I want more. I want more miracles. I want more signs. I want more wonders. I, I, I want more of your word. I want more of your teaching. I want more of your Holy Spirit. I want more of your power. This is what he asks for. It's a powerful, powerful request. And here's the best part. God did it. This chariot of fire comes down from heaven, driven by angels. It picks up Elijah, takes him up to heaven, and that mantle falls back down there for Elisha, that same one that he had tossed on Elisha that Elijah had tossed on him years back, or earlier in the story. And he knows that God has said yes, that God is doing this. A double portion, exponential request, and God does it. Got a question for you. What is your double portion request of God today? Did you come here expecting anything? And maybe not. And if not, please don't feel guilty. I'm not trying to stomp on your toes. But think about it right now. 
what might God be wanting to do in your life? And again, I'm not talking prosperity, not that I'm like, oh, I'd like a nicer car. Like, uh, what if, what if God wanted to do something powerful in your life? Maybe he's calling you to something new, and you say, I don't know that I have what I need. I don't know. I'm scared by that. I don't know that I've got whatever it is that is necessary here. What's your request? Maybe for some, it's, it's, God, I I need to be filled with your Holy Spirit. I I believe in you. I trust in you, but I just, I I need more power. I need need your Holy Spirit to, to fill me, to touch me, to move in my life. I need to be baptized in your Holy Spirit to, to receive you in a powerful, powerful way. Maybe that's you. Or maybe it's, God, I need boldness. I need courage. You've called me to reach out to this person to, to share your love. But I don't know how to do it or I'm scared to do it. I need the words. Last service, I got to pray with somebody at that exact request, that they knew God was calling them to something and they just didn't feel that they had the words. And we got to pray that God would give them the words. I believe, I strongly believe that he does that. I see it in my life all the time. Maybe, maybe for you, it's, it's problems in the marriage or at home or difficult things like that. And you're saying, God, I, I need your healing touch. I need, a, I need a miracle in my relationships. Or maybe it's a miracle in just emotionally. Maybe you're just going through some really tough stuff. Maybe it's a miracle healing in your body. Like God does these things, and maybe you need to receive that this day. What's your, what's your double portion request? The same spirit is here. These aren't old, dusty stories. These are stories of a God who raises the dead, a God who can do anything, a God who, that, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, it's, it's right here with us now. You know, at, in a bit, we're, we're going to pray. We're going to have some time of prayer here, and um, we're going to have folks who will be up here that would be more than willing to pray for you. And, and maybe God's leading you to, to do just that to come forward and to be prayed for. Maybe you've never done it, and you're like, oh, this sounds super scary, right? Well, let me just give you a couple of stories from my experience, because I really believe in the power of this. One was when I was in college years ago. I was learning to preach, and I was getting to where I could sit down and type out a a reasonably competent sermon, and uh, yet I go to preach it. It just, it didn't feel, it didn't seem like it had like that power, that impact, that that I felt that it would, and and it was, honestly, it was getting all messed up because my delivery was not too great, right? Some of you are like, yeah, we haven't seen much improvement since then. <laughs> I get it, right? So I prayed, and, and, and I prayed, and prayed, and just wasn't, and, and so I asked a friend of mine, just a preaching mentor, I said, would you, would you pray over me that God would just give me the ability to, to do what he's called me to do here? And, and he prayed, and it was really powerful, and I would love to say that when that ended, that like I just like started preaching like Billy Graham in that moment. I didn't. I don't today. <laughs> but God moved. And over the next few months, I would see growth that was exponential. I mean, I was working hard before. It wasn't that I wasn't working hard, but, but, but God started to bless that in ways that just I can't explain other than being just simply a miracle of God that some some shy kid who hated being in the idea of even being in front of people, that God would choose 
to do that. I don't know why, but I'm thankful that he did. Another is, but, but you know, the interesting thing with that is that it, it, it didn't happen right away. It was, uh, it was, it was a process, right? And, and God often works through a process. More recently, five months ago, it was just before I got to meet you all here, just literally like one to two weeks before I got here. And we had gone through, at the church I was at, we had been there nine years, been awesome nine years, but the last month we had some challenges. I felt like my team was just under some spiritual attack, not from people within the church, but just some, some outside stuff. Don't have time to go into details, but I was feeling heavy and burdened. I was angry. I was hurt. And quite frankly, I was scared. I was scared that I would come here weighed down by all that mess and not able to be the pastor that God has called me to be here. So I asked three of my friends if they would pray over me. And, and we met in the office one day, and, and we did that. And it was so powerful. I could just sense the Spirit's power in my life. But then afterwards, I just I felt called to go down to our, our worship center, a room like this. And it was dark. I was the only one in there. And I, I came up to the front, and I just laid down on the floors. I, it's one of my favorite things to do. And, and just, I just extended my arms, my hands, and just said, God, would you, would you speak? Would you do whatever it is you want to do? And, and in those moments, I felt this, it was like a weight was on me, like heavy, like I couldn't get up kind of thing. And, and I began to see this, this vision. And it was like going back over the previous nine years, kind of like a, a highlight reel, except it wasn't a highlight reel, it was... It was a low light reel. It was the, the painful, the yucky stuff. And it wasn't that much of it, but boy, it was hard. The kind of stuff that usually I would make a fist and clench my teeth and just be mad about. But not this time. It was totally different this time. As I laid there and I watched these things, I had the most unreal sense of peace and I saw them differently than I ever had and, and I heard the voice of God saying to me John you've never had this it's always been mine and no you don't have what you need for the future because it's still mine and you need to trust And you know, in those moments, God did a healing work in my spirit. I could talk all day, but I would fail to fully explain it. It was amazing. And you know, God wants to do that kind of work in your life too. Maybe it's instantaneous. Maybe it's a process. That exponential request, God's answering prayer. 